Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. We are continuing a series that we began uh, a while back entitled Parenting in Today's Culture. And I hope that uh, throughout this series you have been blessed by this and have been enjoying it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time like we normally do uh, recapping, getting everyone caught up who may have missed an, an episode just because we have so much to cover in this week's discussion and I want to uh, make sure that we have enough time to get to everything uh, because this is really an important discussion. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about how to be a tech-wise parent in today's culture. And as many of you are undoubtedly aware, uh, technology is racing forward just as quick as can be and it's sometimes really hard if not impossible for us uh, as adults and especially as parents to keep up with with the growing rate of various um, technological devices and uh, availabilities uh, that our children are able to avail themselves of. And so make sure, uh, it, it's difficult to make sure that you are able to um, guard them from things that they ought not be able to access. And unfortunately, that is a lot of stuff because uh, things that I, you can barely even imagine are now easily accessible to younger and younger children, uh, things that you can't even begin to possibly imagine are able to be accessed, and not only accessed, but accessed in their own privacy. Now kids at younger and younger ages are getting phones and laptops and tablets that they can, in the privacy of their own room or at school or wherever they may be, can access the internet, uh, look at all kinds of um, very explicit, very mature type of things uh, that we need to be able to guard against. So we're going to try to uh, give you some tools, some resources, some, some information that will help you in that. Now, let me also say at the outset that I am by no means an expert in many of these things, especially when we uh, begin touching on social media stuff. Uh, you know, I have a Facebook account and some other various things. Uh, I'm not very active on those things. I probably should be more active just so that I can um, uh, minister uh, effectively in our growing uh, technological world. Uh, but I will try to bring what little knowledge I do have of these various things to bear. Uh, I've done some research on some of this, and so uh, take it for what it's worth, but I do encourage you to look into some of these things yourself. So this is, you know, very fundamental type things, but I hope that it'll give you an, uh, a way to launch into your own studies. Now, real quick, a couple things that I thought would be interesting, uh, some stats that kind of help you wrap your mind around some of the things that we're dealing with as parents. Uh, one stat was that 72% of teens check their phones first thing in the morning. So before they get out of bed, before they eat, brush their teeth, eat breakfast, before they do anything, 72% of teens check their phones before uh, uh, they they do anything else in the morning. So that lets you know how important these mobile devices are to our uh, the, to these younger generations. Also, I found it interesting that 56% of teens associate the absence of their phone with feelings of loneliness, being upset, or being anxious. So they are many young people are so tied to their device that if you were to take it away, if you um, do what I hear more and more families doing where um, when uh, they're 
kids come home from school or whatever it may be, they have a place uh, that they put all the phones so they're not up in their rooms looking at who knows what uh, and things like that. Uh, many of these teens, 56% of teens, associate being away from their device, not being able to constantly check it, with feelings of being lonely, uh, missing out on their friends, being upset or being anxious. They just they need to have their device near them. I also found it interesting that the average age of daily tech engagement, uh, zero to eight years of age, is one hour of technological engagement. Um, from ages eight to twelve, it's six hours of technology engagement, and then uh, teenagers, it's nine hours of being engaged with technology in some form or fashion. Now, um, those those numbers should startle you because um, that means that more and more of the younger generation's time is being spent in front of a screen. And I know some of that may be unavoidable, at least in the direction that our culture is going in, but we as parents need to encourage and structure our family life in such a way that they do have a break uh, from those screens, that they get out in the world, that they interact with face-to-face conversations, nine hours of screen time is a lot of time. And we need to make sure that we give them other uh, ways that they can engage in the world. Put down the screen and pick up a book or put down the screen and get outside and do something would be very healthy, not only for children, but even for many of us as adults. And, And I'll put myself in that category as well. It's really hard for us to get away from our screens, but we need to discipline ourselves to do so. Now, let me give you a, a couple of biblical principles as it relates to technology. I know that the Bible doesn't talk about uh, smartphones and computers. It does talk about tablets, but not the kind of tablets that we're uh, talking about. Um, but uh, let me give you just some biblical principles that would be wise of us to apply to our modern te- techno-savvy lives. Now, the first thing, um, before I, I give you a couple of these principles, let me also say real quick, when we begin looking out um, for um, ways that we can protect our children, whether it be through movies, music, uh, internet, things like that, we often as Christian parents look out for explicit things, pornographic websites, uh, cursing in movies, violence, um, things like that. And I'm not saying we don't need to look out for that. We do. But oftentimes that's all we look for. And I want to encourage you to look for more subtle things uh, in these uh, technological areas that our kids are engaging in. And what I mean by that is there are often worldviews and values that are being communicated through music, through movies, through um, uh, social media, all kinds of things like that, that can be just as destructive um, to um, to our young people and to the world. Uh, just one quick example, just right off the top of my head, there have been numerous studies that have shown that teens engaging in various Instagram, Facebook, um, um, uh, TikTok, things like that, um, can lead to a lot of body issues because everyone is seeing the highlight reels and the photoshopped pictures of everyone else and so while there may not be explicit um, um, things, things that are graphically violent or um, sexual or things like that, there is a worldview that um, is inaccurate, that is not real, but 
communicates um, what is valuable and what is desirable. And that worldview and those value systems can very much be damaging to uh, young people. And so we need to be looking out not just for the explicit stuff, but also for the more subtle things. Okay, so set that aside for a second. Let's take a look at some biblical principles uh, that we can apply to this um, techno-culture that we, we find ourselves in. The first thing is, it is wise to be cautious and it is foolish to be casual. Let me say that again. It is wise to be cautious, to be on guard against these things, and it's very foolish to be casual when it comes to some of the dangers in the world around us. And, and this principle, I think, is found in many areas, but one example of this is in, Ephes- in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, therefore, be careful, be cautious, be careful how you walk or how you live, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, essentially what uh, Paul is getting at here is we are we find ourselves and our children find themselves in a minefield full of dangers, full of all kinds of things that can hurt them, that can leave them with hurt, pain, and regret, especially when we are talking about technology. And so we need to be very careful in this area. It is good to be cautious. In fact, if you had to uh, go to one extreme or other, again, we don't want to go to extremes, but if you had to go to one extreme or the other, it would be better, I would argue, to go to the extreme of being overly cautious than to be over really casual, okay? You know, when you are overly cautious, your kids can um, re, um, correct that and catch back up if they've missed out on being on Facebook or being on Twitter or being on whatever it may be. But if you are overly casual, I believe there are more dangers involved in that. There are things that they, young people are putting out on the internet that they'll never be able to take off the internet. Once it's there, it's there forever. There are um, mistakes, there are regrets that they can make that they will carry with them. Even if they recognize their mistakes, some of the consequences of that will last forever. Um, and so we need to be cautious. Again, we don't want to go to those extremes. We want to find a good balance. But if I had to err on one side or the other, I would rather err on being overly cautious than overly casual. There are just too many dangers. And we are expecting our young people to make adult decisions when they just um, spiritually, uh, maturity-wise, just physiologically, their brain is not developed yet to encounter some of the adult stuff that they are going to find out in the world today. And so we need to um, be aware of that, be honest about that, and be cautious when it comes to our young people. That is a biblical principle. Another biblical principle that I would uh, um, leave with you is just because something is permissible does not make it profitable. Let me say that again because this is huge. Just because something is permissible does not make it profitable. Uh, And we find this throughout scripture, but I'll again point you to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23. It says, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things um, uh, are lawful, but not all things are profitable. That's the principle that, that Paul gives us there through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And again, the point being is it is perfectly um, permissible for young people to be on the internet. It is understandable that they want to have smartphones, that they want to have computers, that they want to have tablets, that they want to be able to get on some of these apps and be on the internet and watch movies. And some of these things can very well be permissible. 
But the question above and beyond that that we should be asking ourselves and that we should be training our children to ask themselves is just because you can do these things, it is legal for you to do these things. There's nothing overtly sinful about owning these technological devices or being on these apps or the internet and things like that. There's nothing inherently sinful in them. Is it necessarily profitable? There are so many young people who spend more time on the internet, more time on technological devices than they ever do with their own family, than they do on their relationship with God, than they do just out in the community, even just with their friends. They spend more time online than they do these other things, and it's not profitable. There are more and more young people who can't even read a book, don't know how to look things up in a dictionary, uh, but they can Google something. And I understand that there are great benefits in knowing how to type and how to look up things on the internet, but we are missing out on some important skills and there are things that we are neglecting, important things. It's not uh, not all the things that we are engaging in are profitable. And even if you want to continue to engage in them because it's permissible, you would be wise, many of us would be wise to scale back and to limit ourselves first and our children on these particular things. And so those are two really big principles that I would leave uh, with you. Uh, the first one being uh, you need to be cautious. It's wise to be cautious. It's foolish to be casual, especially as it relates to technology. And then the second one, that just because it's permissible does not mean that it's profitable. So please be wise parents as it relates to how you allow your children to access some of these things. Now, Real quick, moving right along, I want to uh, draw your attention to some internet filters. Most of you are going to allow your children to be on the internet. My kids are on the internet too, but we should avail ourselves of some tools and resources that help protect our children and help us better guard them and monitor them and, uh, and keep them um, away from some of these dangerous things. And one way of doing that are internet filters. Now, not, not all internet filters are created equal. So let me just give you a few things that internet filters can do, and then I'll give you some, uh, some specific resources that are out there that you may want to look into. First of all, there is web content filtering. These are things that limit the websites. They limit URL codes. Uh, those are the website things that you type in. Uh, they limit keywords, so they can't look up certain things that have certain keywords, uh, and you can put what those keywords are, and sometimes they'll have suggested keywords that limit what they can access. Uh, and then they also have some that are screen time monitoring and control things. It limits the amount of time that they can access the internet, or maybe it shuts off their internet abilities in certain apps at a certain time, like when they're going to bed. That way they're not up to 2 and 3 in the morning uh, surfing the internet, chatting with their friends, who knows what. Uh, and so you can limit some of those things. Um, there's also uh, some internet filters that allow remote control where you can turn certain things off or you can augment certain things that they're accessing on their smartphones. Um, there's app blocking and activity things. Um, these are especially good. Uh, chat monitoring, these are things so that you can scan for certain words. If they're talking about depression, if they're talking about suicide, if they're talking about uh, drugs or whatever it may be, uh, it alerts you. You'll get, a, you'll get a text or you'll get an email or whatever it may be so that you can know 
uh, get an alert on some of these things. It doesn't mean that you have to monitor every um, message that they send. I know that a lot of parents don't want to be uh, hovering parents where they monitor every single thing. That's fine. You can put filters where it'll alert you for keywords. Or there's also location tracking so that when when they're out and about, it will let you know where they are. It'll let you know if they're speeding because a lot of phones have GPS. You can, I mean, there's so many options out there. And again, I'm not, you can limit it to how you want to parent. So some want to be very guarded with their kids. And so they want very strict parameters. That's fine. It allows for that. There are others who want to trust their kids more and to uh, allow them a more, a little bit more leniency. That's fine as well. I'm not telling you how strict you ought to be with these things. I just, I'm just encouraging you have some parameters, have some guardrails for them, because if they're left with unrestricted access, you're inviting disaster into your home. So just be aware of that. Now, real quick, uh, let me give you just a few resources that I'm aware of that I would suggest you look into. There's Norton Online Family is a great uh, internet filter resource. There's Net Nanny, uh, Family Safe. That's F-A-M-I Safe. Uh, and there's also Covenant Eyes. These are all various uh, uh, internet filters that you can look into, and they have different pricing. Some of them have uh, free, um, uh, limited subscriptions that you can be a part of. So uh, look into those, see what works best for your family and your parenting style. Also, one of the big things that are, are uh, coming about nowadays is internet streaming of videos. You got Netflix, you got Amazon Prime, you got Hulu, you got all these various streaming things. Most people, when they're watching TV, they're watching via these streaming networks. Well, um, there is a lot of good stuff on there, and there's also a lot of bad stuff on there. Um, as of right now, I know of at least 50 different streaming platforms, so and that number is growing each and every day. And so it's hard to keep track of all this, but if you're worried about some of the content that's on some of these big-name um, streaming platforms, let me just suggest to you a, a filter for that that you can still watch many of these programs that have uh, maybe a lot of adult sexual themes, um, curse words, violence, things of that nature, there's a program called Vid Angel, V-I-D Angel, and this is a, uh, a Christian company that you buy a subscription into Vid Angel, and then you program what you do want to see and what you don't want to see, and what it will do is then you can go and watch your Netflix shows, your Amazon Prime shows, whatever shows you want that Vid Angel allows you to filter, and you can filter out all that stuff that you don't want your kids seeing, that you don't want to see, whatever it may be, uh, and you can still watch those shows. And so that's a wonderful resource that uh, you can make available so that your kids don't have to miss out on certain things, but you can also keep them from having to watch or take in all this uh, stuff that you would just rather them not hear or not see. Now, I'm not going to get into, uh, during our, uh, much of this series has been based on a series that I did during vacation Bible school uh, for our parents, and we got into a lot of the video game platforms. I'm not going to get into all that just for the sake of time. There's some other things I want to address with you, uh, but suffice it to say, uh, if you want to look into uh, some video game consoles or the video games that your kids may be playing, I know that's very popular. Um, uh, one internet resource that helps parents know uh, some of the things that um, are in these video games and how you can better be aware of what they're playing and what they're watching and stuff like that is a service called Plugged In. And in Plugged In, uh, it really... Uh, 
it really rates and reviews a lot of the content from these various video games and it really helps parents out in that. So I really suggest looking into uh, the website plugged in to find out about some of these video games. So with that said, I'm going to draw our attention to apps because I really feel like these apps, which is short for applications for our smartphones and for our tablets and things like that, this is really big for kids. And so this is constantly changing. There's new ones popping up every day. I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this. There are over two billion, two billion with a B apps out there today, and it's hard to keep track of them all. So let me just hit on some of the high notes. Uh, obviously, many of you know of YouTube. This is uh, a uh, streaming um, platform that uh, has all kinds of different videos. Anyone can put stuff on video uh, on YouTube. So uh, be aware that your kids may be on uh, YouTube watching things. It's a great way to learn stuff, to create things, to be entertained. Sometimes there's TV shows you can watch on YouTube, but be careful. The uh, the downside of YouTube is it it's truly a cesspool of inner of inappropriate material on the internet. So while there are some great things for your kids to watch and to learn, uh, there's also a lot of really inappropriate things. So just be aware of that. Uh, many of you all have probably also heard of Instagram. This is a Facebook owned video and fairing, uh, photo sharing uh, application. Now the 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 plus side of this is these. Uh, you can send private messages to friends. You can edit and share all kinds of video and photos. Uh, you can um, you can customize your settings uh, based on what you want to see. The, uh, the downside of it is that, again, it can contain a lot of inappropriate things that are being sent, bad uh, things in the comments that can be uh, read. Uh, it's also shown to lead to an increase in depression and anxiety, especially among teens and especially among young girls. So just be aware of that. If they're into Instagram, uh, that is one of the dangers. Now, Snapchat uh, has lots of filters for creating um, uh, video, or I'm sorry, pictures and things like that. There's no like button, which uh, decreases the uh, the pressure for validation that you uh, is becoming more and more of a problem with social media. The downside uh, to Snapchat is that the videos or pictures only last for 24 hours, so there's no accountability. And this has really been a problem for teens who will send explicit pictures back and forth, and then after 24 hours, those pictures are deleted and they go away. And so just be aware if your kid is on Snapchat that that is a danger that that poses, um, and um, it, it can be a problem. Uh, also, TikTok is really shooting up in popularity. This is where you create short videos. Um, you uh, Usually they're about 15 seconds. Some, uh, I think it's been upped a little bit, so maybe it's a little bit more, and you can adjust the privacy settings, so that's great. The problem, though, is that on TikTok, it's this steady stream of videos, and some of those can be uh, provocative if you're not careful, um, and uh, it's other things that may be on there that you may not want your kid to watch. And so that's very popular uh, nowadays, but there's some content on there that you may want uh, to be careful of. Um, another one is... Um, um, I think WhatsApp is another Facebook-owned messaging service. Um, this is just kind of a call, text, sending video, and it's basically kind of like having your own phone without having to use data and stuff like that. And it has the same da uh, dangers as any other phone that your kids may be on. And again, I can't get to all the apps. One other uh, one other app that I would uh, share with you, or it's a kind of a category of apps, it's called Hidden Apps. And these are apps that look like something. It can look like a calculator. It can look like... 
anything really, um, and a calendar, whatever you, you want, um, but it's just a ploy because there's a hidden app in there where they can hide illicit pictures or all kinds of things they don't want you to see, uh, and sometimes they have passcodes that uh, limit uh, your access to them, and so just be aware that um, that's something that they can put on their phone. Now, real quick, in the time remaining, let me just give you some advice, take it or leave it, uh, that I would suggest to you as parents as it relates to technology. The first one is you've got to set time limits. If left to their own devices, most kids are going to be on their, their smart um, phones, smart devices for hours upon hours. It's addictive. It, it has been scientifically proven these things are addictive. They're, they're made to be addictive. They want you on their platforms. They want you on their social media things as much as possible. And so it's going to be up to you as a parent to limit that. Now, how you want to limit that, that's all on you. But you do need to limit the amount of time that they're on there. Uh, now, the other thing is you need to observe. You need to observe what they're doing online because there's a lot of bad stuff that they can get into. You need to also observe, though, how they're behaving because what they're accessing online, uh, if, it's, if it's rough stuff, if it's stuff they don't need to be uh, involved in, it's going to show up in their behavior. It's going to show up in them maybe being more isolated, them being depressed, them being um, moody, them, you know, their grades slipping, whatever it may be. Look at their actions. Look at their emotions. Look at their sleep. Are they getting enough rest? Maybe they're on their devices late into the night. You need to be very vigilant and watching what your kids are doing and how they're behaving. You also need to set boundaries. Now, this goes above and beyond time limits uh, for their screen. You need to set boundaries on where their devices can be used. Um, a lot of parents are limiting their kids from having their devices at the dinner table, whether it be at the home or at restaurants. You can often see kids who are, instead of engaging with their parents, they're sitting there playing on their phone. Or when they're driving, instead of talking with the family, they're on their devices or whatever it may be. You need to have boundaries of where they can be on these things, when they can be on it, when it needs to be on, when it can be shut off, and which social media um, platforms and apps can be used. There needs to be boundaries on these things um, and, and what they can be posting. And so what those boundaries are, again, I leave that to your discretion, but I'm telling you there needs to be boundaries on these things. And you need to consider natural reset points. There need to be times where even the best of families can get too involved in these things, and there need to be times where you can scale these things back and, uh, and apply these new boundaries to it. So look at times like summer, um, when, when uh, summer sets in. You know, I know we're at the end of summer, but um, when summer sets in, let that be times where you say, okay, for the summer, we're going to be limiting this a little bit, or maybe on a family vacation, or around the holidays, or whatever it may be. Look for times where there's already a change in schedule and say, hey, we're going to take a break for a couple days or for a couple weeks on our social media intake. And be the example in this. Show them by example the importance of this. And then also plan for the vacuum that's left when you have these natural reset points, when you have these times where they're not on their devices. Don't just let them sit there twiddling their thumbs. Give them something to do as a family. Play board games, get outside, go hiking, whatever it may be. Find something to replace those uh, devices, those that time that they're spending on the internet with something that's fun, that's enjoyable, that stimulates their mind and their creativity. And so I know we're, we're past time, but I hope that this has been beneficial to you. This is a really important discussion. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. We're not going to do this perfectly. 
But as much as we're striving, we should constantly try to be healthier and better as parents and leading our children uh, to a, a good balance of technology. Technology is a wonderful thing, but if, if we're not careful, it can be a thing that causes untold damage and devastation to our families and to our children. So be careful. I'm praying for each and every one of you. Next week, we're going to close out this series. I'm going to share a little, uh, some, uh, we're doing kind of a Q&A next week. And so I'm going to be sharing with you some questions and my responses to those that we had during our vacation Bible school breakout for parents. But if you have any questions that you would like uh, for us to address, Email those to me, leave those in the Facebook comment section or wherever you listen to this on podcasts, and I'll try to get to those as well. So I hope you all take care, have a great week, and God bless.